Monday. Thank you, Bangles, for that. Yes, welcome, one and all. It's another Manic Monday. Welcome, episode 28 of Lockdown Live and Uncut with Danny and Larry here on the 11th of May. And here we are, still locked down. Locked down, despite yesterday's update from uh, Boris Johnson of the UK government, we're still locked down, yep, aren't we? Bojo says go, but we say no. No. We say <laughs> After you. After you, yes. We're going to go through uh, what uh, he's announced, and we know there's various other countries going through different stages as well, but a little bit of today. Today's been um, a bit of a manic Monday. Back to work for you, Larry. Yeah, yeah, back to the grindstone. Back to the grindstone, and for me, it was another Saturday. Yes, like <laughs> the bangles. we say, when was the bangles? Was that the 80s? Where are the bangles now? I think these are the sort of topical questions we can keep asking, can't we, Larry, of all the bands I have on? Now, were the Bangles a British band or an American band? I think they looked looked very American to me. But uh, a manic Monday. So for me, it was just another Saturday. You know, yesterday was Sunday. Today was a Saturday. It's been quite eventful for me, really. You were talking about the decluttering yesterday. Hmm. And uh, we'll talk more about that. But I've been doing a bit of decluttering myself of bills. Yes. Um, as many people who listen, or maybe not, is that uh, I've suddenly realised my uh, phone contract had a text message. My phone contract uh, finished on the 8th of May. And I had a text message from my provider. I won't mention who the provider is. They're perfectly fine, but I won't give them any plug or anything. Uh, lots of providers available. And um, I had quite a reasonably good deal, and I thought I was happy with that. But then I suddenly thought, oh, hang about. Things ain't going to go being back to the new normal for a, a quite a while. So my unlimited data on my contract. It's a bit redundant. Really, guess how it? much I've used in the past eight weeks. Five bytes. Nothing. <laughs> because we had Wi-Fi in our house. Amazing, isn't yeah. it? So unlimited data, not needed. Call time. How many calls? No, all the calls are basically Skype, Zoom, or uh, WhatsApp, so that's Wi-Fi again. How many text message? Zero, because you use WhatsApp. So I, I said to them, I said, I just want to cancel the contract. And I found this deal. And they said, oh, what's the deal that you found? And uh, I found the cheapest one I could find. Guess how much it was, Larry? I don't know, less than a tenner. I can't remember It was less said. than a tenner. And there's apparently, because I've done some, you know, the joys of Google, I've done some hunting and whatever. So I was all prepped, ready to, um, you know, hammer them down to a really low price. And I was shocked to find how many contracts you can get. By the way, this is SIM only. I don't I don't need a phone. You know, I've already got a phone. I don't need the latest and greatest because I, I find it's such a waste of money now. I think maybe people need to start thinking, do you really need the latest, shiniest phone? Um, although, Larry, you did suggest uh, maybe I could have <laughs> got a deal on the new iPhone SE for, another for 50p like a, a month. For 50p a month. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I found a deal, £3.99. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Yeah. And uh, because in the new world, I still don't believe I need masses of data anymore. I've stopped using social media. Mm. I've stopped. I. You know, if, if people are WhatsApping me or Skyping me or whatever, yeah. they can wait till I get back on my Wi-Fi. Yeah, I, I think it's worth mentioning at this point that if you uh, if you're working from home, uh, it might be worth keeping a, a small um, data contract 
mobile data contract f- as a fallback. Yeah. So yeah. If, if your Wi-Fi fails, you can carry on working. You've still got a little bit. But it bit. doesn't need to be a big deal. So no. They no. don't need any of these £70 nonsense oh, I've seen some. It's right. shockingly high price. Admittedly, with a nice phone, but yeah. seriously, I mean, £80 a month. You can get about, twen- I think you can get about 20 gigabytes a month for about £10 a month. So that sort yeah, of yeah. sort of thing would be That's reasonable. Right. I if mean, you, if you're depending on it for yeah. you know for well something important like work. The one I had was unlimited data, twenty pounds a month. So you know, well, that's for some, very reasonable. For some people, I say, well, as I said, it's a, a really good deal. It's but a lot of you don't need it. competitors, <laughs> I says, I, I don't need that. Sorry, I keep forgetting we're not the I old know. normal, are we? But what was really good is that the guy at the other end of the line, I don't know where in the world he was, but he was very understandable and. I said, look, uh, I'm looking to flip over. Give me a PAC code or so you can transfer your number across. I don't know what PAC stands for. Um, and he said, um, he says, what's the deal? Because obviously they don't want you to go. And I thought, there's no way you can beat this. <laughs> right. And uh, so it was basically it was three ninety nine for basically no data, no nothing. You just have a phone number and uh, and you get a certain amount of minutes, talk time and unlimited text. And uh, but he he offered me for a fiver. He threw in like six hundred minutes talk time, and uh, oh, there you go. You see, my Siri has kicked in, asking me what six hundred minutes is. Uh, did I say Siri? No, I didn't say Siri. See, see, now I just said it. It yeah, doesn't even it. respond. And uh, he threw in a gigabyte of data. You know, not as if I need a gigabyte. Fiver. Oh, there you go. Job done. So I've decluttered. Uh, a bit of the bills on there, which was um, really good. And having had such a nice, um, I wouldn't say relaxing day, because I've done my usual daily workout, a bit of on the turbo train, the cycling. I think I had about 20 minutes on that one rather than the 10 minutes. So I was stretching it out, doing a bit of my qigong after, and then went out for a run, but my legs weren't uh, really feeling it. But I managed to reach a milestone today, Larry, with a uh, pair of running shoes that I have. I have uh, multiple pairs. I'm not quite the Imelda Markov of running shoes, but I've got about five pairs, I think, on rotation. So I reached a landmark today of just over a thousand kilometres. And for those who don't work in metric or still imperial, that's 623 miles on a uh, pair of running shoes. And they still look as new. There's a little bit of wear on the, the, the sole, just a little bit. But I reckon yeah. they're good for another thousand kilometres. Yeah, it's a long way. I mean, that's that that will be from the tip of Cornwall in t- well into Scotland. Yeah, wonder if I could run that in a couple of days. No, 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 no. no. But I did buy this <laughs> pair of shoes, and it was discounted as well. I think it cost me sixty quid. Um, I think when they were new, because I never buy anything that's the latest, greatest. So this is on a deal on the uh, that particular brand's website. I think I paid sixty pounds. Bargain, not the latest of running shoes, and uh, and I've used them for all distances from 5k races, 10k, doing my long runs, you know, 20 miles out on those in the mud and rain, and they're still going strong. I mean, that's how shoes should be made, unlike some of the ones that we have where they apparently fall apart after about 200 miles, which is mm. not exactly your money's worth. I mean, I have heard that it's some of the expensive ones that fall apart very soon but then they're mainly used just for racing in yeah I'll call me a cynic, training. But, uh, I, I think possibly they uh, they're deliberately designed to fall apart and they so you have to buy the new ones again. And they're more than capable of of making running sh- uh, race shoes that last yeah. for more than 200 kilometers 
200 miles. Or miles away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why bother if, if the customers are daft enough to accept that they fall apart after 200 kilometers? They and then do it deliberately. It. Yeah. They keep buying more pairs. So it's a bit like tech and mobile phones. You know, they reach a point of, uh, what is it, where they, they're deliberately made to stop working after yeah, a certain it's built time. built-in obsolescence That's you're talking it. about. Built-in yeah, obsolescence. Yeah. So do you think running shoes have some built-in obsolescence? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, like you see, for me, like I'd be more loyal to that brand. And I have other brands as well, and they've lasted me a, a while as well. So I tend to like to hang on to them. Um, I'm certainly not one to buy the, the, the new new ones just for the hell of it. Um, if I'm going to buy the new ones, if they were good enough a year ago, they're still good enough now, aren't they? That's my philosophy. I, 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 yeah. yeah, so let, my feet let, haven't changed in a year. Let's be brutally honest yeah, here. What, yeah. what makes more difference? Yeah. Being super fit, super lean, or having slightly quicker running shoes? Yeah, well, <laughs> well... <laughs> yeah. As, hmm. as my Let me think about that for a minute. As as my dad often said, you know, if you see some uh, new running shoes, they they the things that make you run fast is your legs and tigers. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> you're running from a tiger, but there's no tigers here in the UK that are wild and loose. There are some foxes here, but um, there are. But yeah, I do recall them. Um, I did outrun a particular um, person early one morning, but less less about that. But uh, Yes, you, ne- you need to be quick, but my point is, I think, in fact, this could be a topic of debate, maybe for a future podcast in more detail. But with the new world coming out, obviously I've saved myself a packet, <laughs> pun intended, PAC code pack, with the mobile phone. Running shoes, I don't really see the need to spend hundreds of pounds every few months on a latest pair of shoes. So maybe we're going into an era now, maybe I'm just a, a weirdo, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what people think who are listening, but maybe I'm, we're going into a stage where people become a bit more frugal and conscious and maybe not so consumerism. Yeah. You know, like the fast, fast uh, fashion and all that type of well, stuff. Well, we, 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 we suspected things have been going wrong for a long time, haven't yeah. we? With, yeah. With the, um, the fashionable side of, side of running mm-hmm. um, and the, the focus on image rather than performance. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with these super fast shoes, really, uh, although I do suspect they could be made to last longer. Yeah. But uh, if you really feel you need them, buy buy a pair and use them strictly for races. Yeah. And then they'll last you a few years. Well, that's what uh, the guys I know who do, you know, elite runners, that is what they do. Um, and uh, basically, uh, sorry, I'll just <laughs> I should put my mobile phone away as messages are coming through. You can tell this is live and uncut. Um, so I, I, the guys that I know who are, you know, top top runners, some of them run at international level, that is exactly what they do. And I think um, now I'm starting to get into triathlon. The triathletes, they have a race bike, so they don't go out training on that bike apart from maybe a, a couple <coughs> of weeks before race day. Yeah. So they save their top banana bike running shoes purely f- for for the race and i certainly know the you know the nike next percent you know they cost an arm and a leg and and the guys there's one guy where i think his dad was an elite triathlete and uh, he told him that it's it's such a placebo effect when you put on your race shoes you know you don't train in them you put them on and your mindset is right i'm going to race now 
So uh, yeah, I can see that. Maybe, maybe so. But less yeah. em- enough anyway. of that. Enough of that. Let's move on to Boris. Is uh, announcement yesterday, and as I say, other countries were beginning to unlock the lockdown. But the things I wanted to cover, Larry, as I for the research for this program. First time I watched Breakfast News on BBC in weeks, and um, just to see the reaction from uh, Boris's latest update, because this is the first time he's said anything regarding lockdown changes for nearly eight weeks now. Mm. Or is it seven weeks? Eight weeks away. It seems a long time. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's basically delegating. Yeah. Um, of course, he had to when he was in intensive care. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, I, I hats off to him for that. He's, he's let yeah. his, his team speak on his behalf and yeah. I think a lot of other leaders be much more insecure or always want to be the ones mm-hmm. to be making all the big announcements yeah. but uh, so I thought I'd tune in this morning yeah whilst I was on my uh, turbo train I put BBC breakfast on and I just couldn't help but stop laughing at uh, and I know you might pick me up on this uh, Larry the questions coming from these TV presenters I'm thinking oh, I, I, I'm it's just it doesn't surprise me anymore, but what does surprise me is they still continue with their, their Muppetness. So we had um, Nicola Sturgeon. Is it Nicola Sturgeon? Scottish yeah. First Minister on. Yeah. So she's she's live on TV at wherever she was in uh, Scotland. She, I think you spotted that she had the Scottish Edinburgh flag behind presumably. her. Edinburgh, presumably. Yeah, Edinburgh, Glasgow, so somewhere. Or I thought she'd be at home. But anyway, no, she's... Um, a minister, so it probably would have been at the uh, parliamentary building or something or office. But um, <coughs> so it's quite obvious that she's in Scotland, and uh, there was also someone doing sign language um, for her, which was really good to see. But there was also this big sign, and it said "Stay at home" right behind her. So <laughs> the the question the uh, from from the. Uh, uh, journalist i call them journalists tv presenters the tv presenters journalists i don't know whatever the the one on the tv asked her first question says oh okay so it was all to do with she was basically trying to push her down a corner saying so what what do you think of boris's uh you know announcements and all that and of course what they're trying to do is cause division the press constantly want to cause divide and division a- across the the public, because that's what they do, and they tend to do it really well. So they find people who are going to disagree with Boris Johnson, obviously Nicola Sturgeon. I don't know if she ever has agreed with him or anything, but she was clearly saying that, yes, they could do that. What they do in England is up to them, but here in Scotland, our advice is still stay at home. I says, no shit, Sherlock. It says stay at home behind you. But the presenter said, so uh, Boris said if uh, for those in England who can't work from home to go to work, so what if someone lives in Scotland but they work in England? Can they go to work? Not in this jurisdiction. No. And she said, uh, and of course, Nicola Sturgeon, you could see, obviously this is the first question. She came. no, our clear thing is to uh, stay at home and only necessary travel. Okay, so what if somebody um, lives in England and Boris has said, right, if you can't work from home, you need to go to work. Can they come into Scotland and go to work? And this is where Nicola Sturgeon is beginning to lose her a rag with them, but obviously politicians yeah. are trained to remain calm. Pretty good at saying uh, y- you're a, you're a bit of a numpty. You've asked me the same question in reverse. Did you not hear what I just said? But anyway, she just answered saying, 
Our clear advice here is to stay at home. If anybody is in England, they should not come into Scotland because that's not seen as uh, necessary travel. Yeah, unless you're part of the emergency services, blah, blah, blah. You know, the usual stuff that continues in Scotland. Unless you're one of those, um, you don't come into Scotland. And then the, the th- third strike and she was out. She actually asked Nicola Sturge, say, are you going to be putting up um, border patrols? <laughs> <laughs> and I think Nicola Sturgeon, if she was sitting, she would have fallen off her seat. Um, but she was standing. She, she actually said, once again, I would just like to repeat, um, our advice here is to stay at home. We have no plans to have border patrols or anything. The police here in Scotland continue their manners. If it's near a border, it's near a border, but we don't patrol the borders between Scotland and England. I really don't know where she was going with that. So she had not, no, not much uh, joy with um, uh, Nicola Sturgeon, but she did manage to get her to tell a few times saying that uh, Boris's message was unclear, it wasn't this. Um, I don't know about you, Larry, but I found it pretty clear. Yes, he did waffle this and waffle that. He did, and he, he didn't spell he it out in black and white. He had to talk for a very long time though, yeah. to cover all the details. Yeah. So what, you know, what, what choice did he and have? I'm not I'm not giving any political bias here. I don't I don't um you know Boris isn't one of my favourite um, uh, politicians or whatever, but he, he's got he's got the uh, what is it the worst of the bad job. He's got a bad job to do, and he's doing the best that he can. Um, but the announcement, you know, we we diligently after our podcasting last night, we diligently sat down and and watched him, yeah. and I thought it was a very good presentation. It's very well rehearsed, uh, professional. And all my taking from that, maybe we're a bit too smart, but my take from what he said before the press ripped him to pieces after he'd done his announcement, my take was, is if you can't work from home, you can now start thinking of going back to work, if you so wish, while still observing the uh, social distancing and that your place of work is safe your place to go and work at so that they're following the COVID-19 regs or whatever but he clearly stated social distancing he also threw in a bit of common sense for people if they needed to think he says wherever possible either drive into work or cycle or walk because obviously if you're doing that you've distanced yourself from anyone haven't you whereas if you get on the a train or a bus or a tube or whatever it is you may be close to someone so that was pretty clear. And then the other one that was clear for me, I, I, I didn't need to uh, ask any further questions. The unlimited exercise. <laughs> I don't know if everyone's going to do unlimited, but he clearly said if you want to meet with friends or family in public spaces and sit on benches, you can do that as long as you social distance again. That was pretty black yeah. and white to me. And yet... Okay, he did waffle on about other stuff and this and that, and he's got to talk about the economy. I understand that, blah, 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 blah. But the two key changes was the go to work if you can't work from home, provided your workplace follows the rules and regs, whatever. And then you can go out and meet people and do this and sit down and chat in the park and do this, do that. That's perfectly fine. I didn't see any issues with that. And yet, as soon as that broadcast finished, the press ripped it, and I made a prediction, Larry, and I said, Yes, they're going to be ripping him to pieces constantly now. So no surprise when I put on the TV this morning he's doing that. So that presenter didn't have much joy in Nicola Sturgeon. So she brings on um, Sadiq Khan, who's the London Lord Mayor. And uh, he's a Labour person, so he's part of the opposition. 
And uh, unfortunately, she didn't get any loose change from him either. She said, oh, um, is it busy for you down in London? And he then answered, I thought, this is priceless. Well. He said, well, I've only travelled from upstairs in my bedroom to downstairs. And the presenter, she seemed quite shocked. Oh, like, I says, um, she, she obviously hasn't worked out that apart from in the Muppet uh, media land, that most people are still at home and working from home. And so I don't see why she was so shocked. And he said, oh, I have, a, I, have a, I have been in touch with the TFL, which is a transport for London people. And she says, is it busy down in London? Is everybody doing this? Is everybody doing that? And do you know what his answer was? No idea. He I said, no. He said, uh, all, all of Londoners are observing what was said by uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson. And he was right on board. Despite him being Labour, he was 100% with Boris and saying that um, the uptake on tube trains was only up 10% from last week. And he still said, I think 94% of Londoners are still remaining at home. Mm. At the, uh, at oh, the no shit, Sherlock. At the risk of setting you off again. Go on. Danny. Um, I found an interesting little uh, snippet on, on the BBC News website about the return to work in France. Uh, obviously, it's focused on Paris. Oh, yeah. They're going to dig something up, aren't they? No, Go no, on, no. Go on. I, think, I think this is Go fairly on. balanced. quite interesting. Um, on the first day of lockdown, out of lockdown in France, there was no r- mass rush back onto the street. The Paris commuter system is not put under strain. The trains, the metro is half occupied, and in the main, there's little difficulty in social distancing. Uh, there were a few shoppers, and the uh, the BBC's six-storey office was the only building to be fully reoccupied in Paris. Wow. Isn't that interesting? They Isn't that interesting? They are in another world, yep. aren't they, Larry? So they're not behaving. The BBC... Uh, journalists aren't behaving like the, tip, you know, like the, the why, general why French they, public. Why did they suddenly feel the need to all rush back to their office? Don't know. Don't know. Are they um, social distancing in their offices? Because if they've yeah. all filled up the office, they're not at two metres apart, are they? Sorry, you said you didn't want to get me going. Yeah. Oh, man, well, we anyway, could have a really good time with that. It tells you what you need to know about the uh, journalists, not just the BBC, but journalists in general. Um, and the, the generally speaking, the, the, the public are a lot more sensible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, the conclusion of this is that um, we're probably not going to see a second peak uh, until uh, far more people go back to, quotes, uh, normal. Mm. Until um, the journalists stop doing what they've been doing. Yeah, but the journalists are going to be disappointed, I think, because uh, generally people have been very sensible and cautious about the return. Right. So we've seen a return, but it's it's a hesitant one. Um, that would explain. That would explain to me why. Because um, I'll, I'll jump onto what the Manchester mayor had to say. That would explain why, when I saw they were unlocking down Spain the other day, the journalists were clearly desperate to find people. And some of the people they were interviewing, I think, if they had enough vox box, they wouldn't have aired those interviews because it was pretty mm-hmm. rubbish, really. It seems to me that if if journalists are so desperate for news. Um, are there just too many journalists? Because uh, there's not, there's, there didn't appear to be enough going on to keep them all busy. Really? Um, Did you just hear I, that? I just, the you know, penny has dropped. Because it's it's kind of ridiculous that they're not celebrating the fact that um, so far so good. They they seem to be scraping around for bad news. 
do you think the penny may finally drop that there is too many of these people doing nothing? Well, there's, you know, there's just it's the same, probably the same amount, even now, probably a similar amount of news to there as there ever was. Yeah. But with the advent of 24-hour television... Um, yeah, we don't need them. They can all they, 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 they increased the numbers, but they didn't need to. No. Because no. there isn't more news. Well, it's the same as when uh, Lionel Blair, sorry, Tony, Tony Blair boosted employment when they really didn't need those jobs. But that's another story. So I'll go on to yeah. the Manchester Mayor. So... Thankfully for the uh, TV presenter, she did get a bit of um, change from the Manchester mayor. He's he's a Labour guy as well, and but he didn't hold back, and uh, he said that Boris's message was totally unclear. We need this, we need that, and everybody they're interviewing on the breakfast show, everybody's saying I'm all confused, I'm all that. What I found hilarious last night, and I think we picked up on this, didn't we, Larry? Before we go on to some of the points that you'd raised is that straight after Boris's announcement last night, clearly the BBC had prepped, and I'm sure this happens on Sky and ITV, but we don't watch that, that stuff either. Um, we just got iPlayer here watching BBC, so we can only comment on what we've seen. So their journalists are all prepped in different parts of the country. Um, what's your reaction to Boris's announcement? So they found two people of all the places in the United Kingdom where they would go and find two people. Um, I'm sure they had other places prepped. I'm guessing now, Larry, I'm guessing, but they might have been on a budget. So of all the places to go, where in heaven's name did they go and what sector did they decide to focus on? They went to Western Supermare and they focused on travel and hotels. Holidays. Well, it's pretty doomed there anyway, isn't it? Never mind the virus. So the poor lady who owns a hotel, they said nothing about that because the, the there's still nothing to say. We're in lockdown, and she obviously gave good, you know, what what the uh, BBC wanted. Uh, they he didn't say anything about this or anything about that or anything about this and anything about that. What am I going to do? I've got a hotel here. And I can understand she's going through a stressful time, but I think with the whole of the travel industry, I think a, a lot of those people, and this might sound really harsh, like a lot of people now, and we'll talk about unemployment figures or whatever, people need to wake up, like myself included, no work, yeah? We need to wake up and we need to find something new to do, yeah? Find a new sector, new this, new that. Or create something new. That's life. We have ups and downs. You can't have everything handed on yeah, a plate. Things move on, yeah. Yeah, things move on. So, yeah. as I say, it might sound really harsh, but that's the facts of life. Yeah, the government isn't going to bail everyone out, and really shouldn't be bail anyone out. I mean, I, I, I won't. Don't even get me started. What happened in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and all that nonsense. Um, but uh, you know. It's that's life. Things go up and down. Businesses open, businesses start, businesses close. If that's how it is for us now, that that that's it. We can't do anything about that. It's like all those people who are moaning and whinging. Funny enough, the press have moved on from them. All these people whinging about their holidays being cancelled, and uh, there's thousands of people dying around the world. I think there's something. There's more important things than going on your holiday in chalet in Chamonix or whatever up in the Alps. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so the Manchester mayor was saying, oh, it was all confusing. But really, mate, if it's that confusing, you shouldn't be the mayor of Manchester. Get another job, mate, and put someone in who's got some brains. Anyway, 
Yeah. Enough of that. Yeah. Let's go on to um, some of the... Uh, yeah. Goodies. You're showing me Morrison cuts petrol price to below £1 a litre. Huzzah! Yeah. See, yep. so Morrison's they're so another business. They're having to reposition. year low. Nice. Yeah, so it's 2007 it hits a pound. Wow. Um, so, uh, so we're back to 2006 fuel prices. This <laughs> is kind of crazy. But that's reflective of the fact that pe- most people yeah. are being cautious and not travelling around. Yeah, so if people so aren't using the, the product... The fact that people drive to Dorset and get stuck on cliffs or, or drive up to uh, from London up to the Lake District yeah. and get sent yeah. straight back home again, mm-hmm. the reason that's newsworthy is because so few people are doing it, Yeah, uh, which is great. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, it, you know, the, the, the approach of the British people is uh, softly, softly, let's just... You know, let's just stand back and see how these things goes. Yeah, yeah. And it's a health versus economy balance, but th- I'm afraid the, uh, the the weight is all on the health side. Yeah, because you've yeah. got some stats here for us. Well, yeah, uh, this is a couple of days from a couple of days ago. Um, there's a, a chap called James Johnson now runs a research. That's a good name, isn't it, James Johnson? Yeah, JJ. He runs yeah. a. Um, He's not related to Boris, is he? N- or is it different Johnson? I no idea. Could be. He's an ex government advisor, so it's possible, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, (laughs) he used to work for, uh, he used to work uh, advising ministers, but now he runs his own think tank stroke polling company. Right. And he reported on the the world this weekend um, that uh, the situation in the UK is, is pretty much unique in that almost every other country in the world where young people are busting the gut to get back to work. Okay. To get the economy going. Okay. Whereas in the UK, seventy-five percent of eighteen to twenty-four year olds think we should stay away uh, and keep the social distancing um, and protect lives and da- and the economy be damned. They don't care if the damage of the economy is catastrophic. Wow. And interestingly, the the uh, this is almost exactly the same number of old people. Uh, the peop- people over 70, 75%, 76% of them said the economy damned. Let's let's keep people safe. Now, why? what's the psychology there? Do you think that you say that was from uh, the world uh, today? That's a Radio 4 program. Yeah. What, what, what do you think the psychology of these people are? Why would they say that? I mean, I, I've immediately got something that's come to mind, but I'll, I'll let you say your bit, Larry. What it boils I'll down to and then is... then I'll do the, the throwback. Yeah, on. what it all boils down to is that... Um, even if you have a massive uh, reset e- economically, mm-hmm. economies rebuild themselves. But on an individual level, you only die once. Yeah. You can't recover from death. Okay. So people would rather be alive than and poor than dead and it have the economy do well. See, see, for me, Larry, my my throw throw back on that. If I was, you know, unlike the journalists that sit on a sofa. My immediate response to that would be: I would want to know what was the results of the other age groups, and um, because those two age groups, and this is just my opinion, is that neither of them have have an economy. You know, you oh, got you the mean retired, the stake. you got retired people who have a pension or whatever they're not working, and then you got the eighteen to twenty fours, which is mainly students. Again, they're not working. Yeah. So 
you've got two two extremes of the spectrum. Well, that's not quite true. I know it's not quite true, but I'm just them. generalizing only about now. Half of them are students. Yeah, I'm generalizing them. The other half are unemployed. Um, mm, no, they're not. <laughs> no, 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 no yeah. they're not. But the uh, worst unemployment that age group. So we're going to have to interject here because go on, go on. The, the, you're, you're you're massively exaggerating. There, there are far more people in this age group employed than 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 is just suggested. Fully employed, the nine worst, to five. The worst unemployment in the world for eighteen to twenty-four year olds is in Spain, and that's twenty-five percent. Wow. Right. Well, that's so why we get a lot of Spanish coming over to UK yeah. for work because there's so no work in Spain. So, and in Spain, you so you've got twenty five percent working, twenty five percent unemployed, fifty percent students. Right. That's the worst in the world. Now, uh, uh, we're we're not the worst in the world. We're probably not that different. So let's say let's say for the sake of argument, fifty um, percent of eighteen to twenty four year olds are um, are students. Ten percent are unemployed. Yeah, that leaves forty percent of them working. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's a good chunk of youngsters who are working who are saying, yeah. "I don't care that yeah. I'm going to lose my yeah. job." There's a lot of them. Okay, but that's that is an interesting. It's not the majority. Statistic. I'll give you that. No, it's not no. the majority. It is. It is still a very uh, interesting statistic, and to see that what they're doing is basically putting their health before the wealth. Well, they can. Uh, they're young. They'll recover from it, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, and they haven't got a well-paid job. That's yeah. true. And, and they wouldn't be in high risk. So what are they? What, are they, what are they giving up? Yeah, yeah. And they don't have kids to support usually. So, well, it's interesting. That pressures. The the other thing that the the TV news are trying to do was to stoke up because they're talking about going some schools going back on the first of June, and they were asking the parents and the children at the, on the doorsteps because they're keeping their social distances. Journalists ask them should should they go back. The children said, yes, we want to go back, and the parents would say no. My observation of virtually every parent is they were morbidly obese. Mm. Yeah. Which is just a sort of, s- sort of sidestepping digression. Absolutely. There's a political dimension to this in that we have, between the 18 to 24-year-olds and the over 70s, you're pushing 50% of the electorate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So whatever you think, the rights and wrongs, why are they? Th- why do they think this way? Um, 75% of 50% is 37.5%. Um, and now, and you'll, uh, within the the rest of them, the 24 to 69 year olds, mm. there'll be some in there that think we should be uh, putting lives ahead of, jo- of the yeah, economy yeah. and the economy d- mm-hmm. be damned. Yeah. So let's, let's speculate that 50% of the population at least are saying, Screw the economy. We want yeah, yeah, we yeah. want lives to be saved. Well, if we now see a big spike, they're going to be damned angry. Mm, so mm. Uh, watch out, guys, in the next election. If you let the you know if you allow the uh, virus to run free, mm. uh, which actually may be in the long run good for the economy, it might even create a boom in the end. Yeah, yeah. As you end it with a cohort of of. Uh, fitter, younger, po- yeah. fitter, younger population. Obviously, productivity is going to go through the we roof. We might end up some with some other kind of boom yeah. as well, wouldn't we? But 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 there'd be a dangerous period between that before that boom happened when you got a very angry electorate. Yes, we've seen hundreds of thousands of people die when they said that was specifically what they didn't want to mm. happen. So those statistics would concur. Then certainly, what we've seen and observed here in uh, East London, for those who've been listening regularly. This podcast doesn't come from any professional studio. It's just our living room, our abode. 
and uh, that would concur with why, as Sadiq Khan also said with the TfL, Transport for London Statistics, is an overwhelming 94% of Londoners are staying at home. 94%. So yeah, people are being compliant, and the statistics from that, uh, was it just James James Johnson? That yeah. sounds like a proper dynamic name. James Johnson. Um, it all it's all adding up really. It all makes sense to me. Yeah. So uh, which is really good. We've been wittering on for quite a long time now. So I'm going to keep this brief, and perhaps we'll come back to this when I've had done, done a bit more research. But the most, to me, the most staggering statistic, global statistic at the moment, um, is the American uh, unemployed. Mm. In in the United States, there are 33 million people out of work. Did that's they did they just suddenly become unemployed? What was the figures pre pre Corona? Uh, it was in May twenty nineteen. There were eight million unemployed. Eight. So yeah. it's gone from eight to thirty three. Yes. Good grief! It went from eight million to nine and a half million. Whoa! In, um, in in sorry, sorry. Let's get this right. So so from May twenty nineteen to February twenty twenty. It was consistently around about 8 million. In March 2020, it went to 9.5 million. And in April, it hit 33 million. Good grief. That's massive. So from February to April, 25 million people lost their jobs in America. That's more than half the working, the adult population of Britain. Think about that for a minute. Mm. More than half the adult population of Britain, equivalent of lost their jobs in two months, flat. In fact, most of it in one month. I mean, without heaven only knows what the May figure's going to be. Without stating the obvious, that sounds like a bit of a fragile economy yeah. there. Yeah. There's only 172 people um, looking for work in America, uh, 172 million people looking for work in America. So 33 mm. million mm. is very pretty much a fifth. Wow. That is... Um, that is a lot, and as you say, we could talk more about yeah, those we'll come stats back to it. on we'll a, come a, back uh, to it because we're maybe to, we're tomorrow we're talking depression scale figures yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is huge. We, d- we don't want to get too depressed on a Monday because no, it's no, a manic a, Monday. That's enough. That's what, enough what, for today. See uh, the next one on that one. Uh, next one on my list is my just my ongoing little little personal project of decluttering, and how how nice and satisfying it is. Yeah, um, to continually be. Focusing, concentrating on the few things that give you pleasure and getting rid of all the yeah. detritus. <laughs> <laughs> Having a bit of a clear up. I was taking boxes down to the to the bin yesterday, the bins outside the flats yesterday, and thinking, no, this is quite heavy. Yeah. This rubbish I'm throwing is quite heavy. And I've been carting this stuff from flat to flat across Greater London. You're saying, yeah. For the last five years. What an idiot. Wow, wow. But sometimes, <laughs> you know, we we just need to let go, you know, as we, we were do. saying yesterday. We do need know, to let it go. It's just one of those things where it's we're hanging on, we're hanging on, but then we we just have to, uh, you know, as they say, you got to let it go. And oh, this has such a long intro. Yeah, here we go. It's the super long intro oh. podcast. Yes, 
I'll let that play in the background. You know, Frozen, let it go. Sing but along. Guys out there, Disney. you know, have a go at decluttering. You'll, you, you'll, feel, you'll feel great. Even just doing a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. It'll make you feel happy. It's, it's all sorts of things. So, uh, the queen. Oh, the wind was howling today, wasn't it? It was windy today. <laughs> Thank yes. you for those lyrics, Disney. Um, yeah, it was pretty windy when I was out. My yeah, yeah. I was doing a circular route, and then when I was on one part of the route where it was a headwind, I thought, I almost felt like going stuff it. I'll run back the other way, forgetting that eventually you yeah. will hit the headwind yeah. again. But uh, but yeah, so you had a brisk walk today. I did. I, I'm on, I was supposed to be on a, a long run day. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, yeah, long run. I did a long cycle, a longish cycle ride a few days ago, so uh, it should have been a run, but uh, just not up to it. Got a little bit of uh, glute yeah. trouble, which is it's healing. It's nearly gone, but I nearly I said no. you got a bit of Brian May trouble there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, l- a little bit of a trouble in the bum department. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. it's fading, but not quite gone. So I went for a brisk walk, and it was excellent. Yes, excellent. Despite the wind, and what I noticed as uh, as well as um, the fact I could have a brisk walk without uh, antagonising my injury, yeah, um, was it gave me a little bit longer to have a look around. So I, f- yeah. I saw a few things yeah. I hadn't noticed before. Uh, I, I noticed a lovely little copse in in Wansted Flats I wasn't aware of. Really, near Bushwood, where we where we run down, mm-hmm. we run down the side of Wansted Flats at the beginning of runs. Yeah. Um, and just inside there, there's little bits of woodland that I didn't even know existed. So wow, wow! You yeah. d- you didn't feel like being a lumberjack there? And uh, I didn't. No. Didn't I resisted, no. resisted the urge? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone would stop us easily. Well, what are you doing? I'm just chopping the tree down, mate. We're taking it back but for um, firewood. But now we can do. Uh, we have our barbecues and blankets and stuff now, can't we? So yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, he did say he says if you want to go to parks, socialize. You know, I, I thought it was quite clear, but hey ho, hey ho, yeah, brisk walks. Yep. So brisk walks, all good. Obviously, having had such a wonderful manic Monday here on lockdown live and uncut, it's we we like to finish with our joke of the day, joke of the day, mm, mm, joke of the day, and uh, yes, today's joke is a bit of a uh, Star Wars themed joke because we do like our Star Wars. We like other things as well. Yep, and sure. uh, But today is a Star Wars one, isn't it, Larry? It is, Go it on. is. Hit me with that rhythm And it's stick. a cracker. It's a cracker. It's the way I tell them. Go on, <laughs> Go on, go on. What kind of car do Jedis drive? I don't know, Larry. What kind of car do Jedis drive? A Toyota. Oh, man. <laughs> a Toyota. Well... Having those in North America who've seen Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, we can't wait. Why isn't that arrived here in UK yet? It may have, but um, Mandalorian with Baby Yoda, yeah. So a Toyota. On that note, thank you all so it's much. A cla- it was a classic. It's a cracker. It's it a, a cracker. Cr- Frank Carson, it's a cracker. <laughs> so um, thank you all so much for listening to episode 28 so as this has been going now for 28 days, that means we've formed a new habit. So 28 days ago, both of us, fresh podcasting virgins on this uh, channel, and we thought, let's do something new. And we have, and that concludes our Manic Monday here on Monday the 11th of May, lockdown live and uncut and we hope with it Danny and Larry. Yeah, and we hope it makes a few people happy. Exactly. So thank you all so much for listening, and we'll speak to you, or you can hear us, tomorrow. Bye-bye. Cheerio.